0: If you don't get something that you really, really think that you want or you really want like a promotion or a job, it's not the end of the world. And in fact, it might be a really good thing. There, there might be another story unfolding that you have no idea that you would love. And that's what happened to me.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Journey of Pursue podcast. I am so excited for today's episode. I know I say that all the time, but this episode was a little different. We talked about so many different things in this episode, Today's guest is my friend Francine. Francine is an entrepreneur, wellness professional, and owner of Code of Life Pilates, which was just named Top 10 Miami Pilates Studios to Visit in 2021 by the reputable fitness publication Stay Fit 305, Miami-Dade County's official fitness news source. After graduating from law school and negotiating television contracts in Beverly Hills, California, Francine left the corporate world to move to Spain and soul search. Fast forward, she has taught Pilates all over the country, in New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, Georgia, and of course Miami, and has even taught a master class in Paris, France, in French. At the end of this episode, you're for sure going to want to take one of her classes because she talks about Pilates with so much passion and honestly that passion is what has gotten her through all the obstacles she's had to face recently with opening her studio a few months before COVID hit. I'll let her tell you that story. Without further ado, my friend Francine. Welcome to the podcast! How are you? Good, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. Of course, I'm so excited to have you on here. For people that don't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: Well, my name is Francine Acevedo-McCon. I'm from Georgia, born and raised in Georgia. I lived in LA for three years where I worked at a talent agency negotiating TV and digital contracts with my boss. And then I moved to Spain and did some soul searching. That was my late 20s. (laughs) Did some soul searching because I was like, I don't know what my purpose in life is. And then I moved to Miami where I got a job offer to work um, at a Latin entertainment company here. And I ended up becoming a Pilates teacher. And now I own my own Pilates and bar studio.
1: The first time I went to Francine's studio I fell in love with it because it was such a unique way of doing Pilates I felt like it was very centered like you really take your time to kind of look at every single person and I really loved that because I feel like that's what you kind of go to a studio for for the teacher to make sure you're not hurting yourself or like make sure that you're positioning yourself correctly and things like that it's very interesting because when I first met you I didn't know that you were formerly a lawyer when you told me I knew instantly, I was like, she needs to come on the podcast because how is it that like you went from being a lawyer and like going to law school, doing everything you need to do to get there and then transitioning into this like huge thing where now you
0: own your own Pilates studio. How did that happen? Yeah, it's such a funny um, story I started doing Pilates when I was at Georgia Tech, that's where I went to college. Um, I was a student athlete, and I was doing like 6 a.m. workouts really early in the morning at the stadium, at the football stadium, really hard workouts. And I wanted to do a workout that was more like zen. Um, So I thought about yoga. I tried yoga. I didn't like it. And I was looking for something that would kind of lengthen and lean out my muscles. I literally Googled Zen exercise that will lengthen and lean out my muscles and Pilates popped up. And back then Pilates wasn't very popular. It wasn't very known that everything I read about it, I I was like, this is awesome. So luckily there was a studio that was doing like a grand opening and they had some, some specials and then I ended up taking Pilates at that studio and just like completely falling in love with Pilates. Um, And and Pilates, by the way, I should say back then um, it was more for me, for my mental health and then I liked the way that my body felt doing it. So for me, the journey was more of a mental journey with Pilates. Um, Cause I was, you know, Georgia Tech's a hard university to study, you know, it's scholastically very rigorous. And then I was doing student athlete and I was in a sorority and I was part of the stu- student government. So I was really busy and kind of distressed. And so Pilates was like my Zen. I loved it. And now not to date myself but it's been like 16 years since i've been doing pilates and just everywhere that i ever moved when i went to law school when i did my law school internship in washington dc when i moved to spain in la everywhere i went the first thing that i would look for was a pilates studio because that was like my home and i would do pilates i did all pilates in all those places so then i went to law school I finished law school, I moved to LA, and I got a job at a talent agency. I never practiced law, but I was part of the um, business affairs department, which is, an in, it's essentially like an in-house, quote unquote, law firm for the talent agency. And we serviced all the talent agents and their clients, like reading all the small print, helping negotiate the finer deal points of the contracts. And so we, we were not allowed to say we're lawyers, but everybody that worked in the department had graduated from law school work was very just like on, I was on all the time. And again, I needed something to balance it out. So I did Pilates. So I guess I've kind of like driven it into the ground that like Pilates has always been my thing. At the job, um, I wasn't really getting where I wanted to go. Like I wasn't really getting promoted. I was like annoyed because either my peers that I had gone into the, the agency with either they had moved on to work with other um, production companies or other clients that we were servicing or, um they were getting promoted and I was like man like what 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 about me like what do I do um I wanted it promoted I wasn't getting promoted and just for everybody in their 20s that, that's listening if you don't get something that you really really think that you want or you really want like a promotion or a job it's not the end of the world and in fact it might be a really good thing there there might be another story unfolding that you have no idea that you would love um, and that's what happened to me. My mom called me and said, hey, your godparents are um, hosting their granddaughter for a year in Spain so that she can do a gap year and, and practice Spanish, but they want someone that's a little bit older, more mature, mature to go with her. So I told them you're looking for to, tra- you know, to transition out of LA and looking for something to do. I'm not exactly sure. And they thought about you. So then I moved to Spain. I, I had already studied abroad in Spain in college. So... I contacted the, the, the school that I went to and I said, hey, I need a tutor to tutor me and how to negotiate these TV and, and um, digital contracts in Spanish, because I want to do the same thing that I did in LA in Miami for the Latin, and, uh, Latin American market. And so I, I found a tutor. I was learning the legalese in Spanish, which turns out not to be too different from normal Spanish, <laughs> but it was a great excuse to go. Um, And I wasn't just like wasting time. And then um, I worked remotely for a law firm that my friend owns in Georgia on entertainment, Um, just entertainment matters. So I ended up being in Spain, in Europe, just for three months because the granddaughter ended up cutting her trip short. And so I ended up cutting my trip short. It was the perfect amount of time to really soul search, travel, visit friends that lived in Paris and London and really like think, okay, like what's life about? Is life about work, 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 reach these goals that everybody else is saying is important? Every uh, goals everybody else is saying are important Um, or what is really life about? And so that's what I really did when I was in um, Europe. I got offered a job to work in Miami. I came for that job. It was actually um, for Safir Vigar's management company, which was pretty cool but I didn't end up taking it. I went in and I was like, this isn't a right fit. Remember, I did all that soul searching. So I was like, if it doesn't fit, I'm not going to do it. Um, It wasn't a right fit. So I went back to the drawing board and I was uh, was just like, I was like applying to all like NBC, CBS, Telemundo, which is NBC, um, Univision, which is, I believe it's ABC. Um, And while I was interviewing for jobs, I was like, I need Pilates. I'm so stressed. I need Pilates. But I had to spend all my money traveling through Europe. So I was like, let me work at the front desk of a Pilates studio. Give my classes for free. <laughs> yeah." <laughs> and then um, I'll work there at night. And then I'll work at nine to five in the morning. And I'll have my Pilates and I'll have my job. Well, I applied to all these Pilates studios and two of them offered to train me like as a teacher. And I'm like, well, I was a student athlete and I've been doing Pilates at that point for like 12 years. So, I mean, I guess I could just like work at night after my nine to five, they offered to pay for the training. So I was like, yeah, you know, cool, let's do it. So so that was my, (laughs) isn't that so funny? I was like, well, trying to like convince myself, like I'm totally going to do the corporate thing because that's what I need to do. And that's what I should do. And that's who I am. And that's what I studied. But okay, I guess I'll do this that I love. And that's how it all kind of started with Pilates. Um, Then I realized that there were people that actually did this for a living and they were not poor living on the side of the street in a trash can. Like I thought I would be, because I kind of grew up thinking if you're not an engineer or a doctor or or a lawyer, you're going to be poor for the rest of your life. So I realized that's not true. People like actually make a living doing this. Um, so I was like, maybe I can too, and I slowly transitioned to more classes. People were loving my classes. Thank God. There's this book, Flow. Um, there's it's about like finding your thing in life to the point that when you do it, you feel like you're in a flow. Like you don't even feel like it's like you leave your body and you're doing this thing, and you're so good at it, and, so, and you're just in this like zen state. That's how I feel when I teach Pilates. And I was, I, I even get chills thinking about it now. And so I'm like, finally, I like, kind of found my thing and like, I can make a living. And then that's how Pilates started. I ended up working at Code of Life and, and I worked for the, the founder and, and owner of that studio for about five years before she sold it to me. Now I'm the owner. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's a long story, but I think it's kind of inspirational in the fact that like, you don't have to know everything. And if you don't get what you want, It might actually be a good thing.
1: Yeah. And also I feel like a lot of people, myself included, have a fear of not going for the thing that they studied for, you know, like even me for this podcast, I was so skeptical about it because it's not what I studied or it's not what I am quote unquote known for. And why, you know, you can always do something else. You can always go for something else if that's what you really want to do. And I'm just so like inspired by the fact that you followed your heart and you followed what you really wanted instead of, you know, following what someone else really wanted for you.
0: Totally. And that's really tough to do. I mean, there was a moment there where I was like embarrassed, you know, oh, I'm just going to be this little Pilates teacher. Literally a high school student could be a Pilates teacher. Here I am, Juris Doctor with a graduate degree. I'm literally like a doctor of law doing a job that a high schooler could do. I mean, besides the fact that I knew I loved it because by that point I'd been doing it for 12 years, like it was a little scary to tell people, like it was a little embarrassing. It was like my parents were pissed because they, thank God I was fortunate enough that they would help me, they'd help me pay for school. But of course my parents were, were angry like, to the point where, like, three years in, they were still, like, when I met my boyfriend, they were still, like, oh, you're a lawyer. You should get her to switch back to law. It wasn't until, like, very recently that they, like, accepted, oh, this is her job. And, like, now she owns a studio. And, um, but it it's it's not the easiest thing to go against what you think you're supposed to be and what other people already see you as. Um, but once if you really truly feel like that pull at your heartstrings and you start following that just like slowly but surely, like like remember, I just started like, oh, I'll do it at night. Oh, okay, maybe one more class. And then like take tiny little steps and you'll you'll see if it's actually right or if it's wrong. If it's right, everything will fall into place. Like I've taught in Paris, I've taught in New York, I've taught in LA, I've taught people who were on TV. And once you start doing all the, like I've taught in Chicago, I've taught in Georgia, I've been in magazines, I've been in on TV I've, about Pilates. And once you start doing all these things, because by the way, no matter what you do, if you're really good at it, you're going to keep excelling because you're good at it. You love it. You're in a flow when you do it. So you're just going to keep pushing forward because that's your, that's your nature. And once people start seeing that, then they start kind of like getting it and they're like, oh, okay, this is her thing. I feel like a lot of people need to almost
1: see the example instead of, you know, being told like, I'm going to be, I'm going to do this. Then when they actually see that you're doing it and you're not only doing it, but you're doing it well and you're happy, that's when people are like, Oh, okay, she's doing it. And that's her. And I feel like that's when everything kind of clicks and people understand
0: if they don't in the beginning. And you have to, there's, there's a certain level of humility that's involved. You, you know, like, for me, it was truly humbling to say, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to completely ignore what I've studied to do. And I'm going to do something that I enjoy. Um, And I almost felt like looked down on sometimes for that. I don't know if it was just in my head, it could have just been in my head. Yeah, it's like you said, like, once you do it, and, and people see like, you're actually making a difference in people's lives, you know, you're happy doing it. People can't, I feel like sometimes people can't help but be happy for, for you. You know, if you're truly, genuinely doing it because you are, you, you're doing it out of service. You're doing it out of love. You really want to share that knowledge. People, I think in general, end up becoming happy for you.
1: Yeah. And even, you know, the other guests that I've had on the pod, everyone kind of has that, you know, their own unique journey. And I feel like when you listen to someone's unique journey and you see how they did it in such a unique way, in such a unthought of way, then you realize how, how unthought of your journey can be, you know, like you, you won't know what it's going to look like, but if you keep going with the thing that you really love you'll have that, you'll have your own kind of journey, you know? I hope that made sense and how I said it. And so I like love that you, you said that because maybe there is like someone that's in a corporate job that has been wanting to be a Pilates teacher, has been wanting to do something completely different than what they studied or what they've been known for. And now maybe they hear your story and they're like, oh, look,
0: she did it and she's doing really well. Yeah. And just because you switched jobs doesn't mean you're not gonna go back and use the skills that you actually studied for. For example, um, when my husband and I bought the studio, guess what? There's a lot of gov- government like papers and laws you have to read through. You have to make the contract, um, you have to review the contract to actually buy the business. You have to review the loan documents from, this, from the bank. Um, You have to create non-compete contracts. You have to create employment contracts or staff contracts, independent contract contracts. You have to research the difference between employee employee and independent contractor. Like there's so much law involved. So at the end of the day, I ended up using my law degree, just not anything in the way that I thought it was going to. And then there, you know, now I'm doing marketing. Now I'm like learning about SEO learning about Facebook ads, Instagram ads. So you're learning all about, you know, like I'm learning all about like marketing and now sales. Well, how do you make a sale? Because sales is not very easy. You have to convince someone it's, you know, it's something that they need. Hopefully, you know, I, I personally believe like truly in my heart of hearts that everybody would need or benefit from Pilates Um, because it's not just physical, it's spiritual, it's mental. There's so many components to it. Um, but you have to learn how to sell and make a genuine sale. And you also have to pay your bills. So there's sales, there's marketing, there's working work, we're working on our website. So there's website like IT, there's law. So like, I'm just saying this to say, just because you switch into something else doesn't mean that you're going to be doing just that thing. You may be doing a lot of things.
1: I feel that's the story for every entrepreneur in the sense of you wear so many hats. I always say that on the pod. As a musician, you wear a lot of hats. As a Pilates instructor, you wear a lot of hats. As, as anything, you wear a lot of hats. And I feel, and just like a friend level, you are very open at the fact that you are learning as you go you just share with everyone, like, this is what I learned today. I have to now send a contract to like a new employee or, Hey, look, I'm researching about what's the best way to send out an email with my new classes. And I think that all that work can be done. If you have the heart for it, because if you don't have the heart for it, then it's just
0: like a lot, a lot of work, you know, completely. Thankfully, thank God, we got voted as, um, not voted, we got named one of the top 10 Pilates studios to visit in 2021 by my Miami-Dade County's premier fitness resource, it's Stay Fit 305 is what it's called, and so we're top 10 in all of Miami, which is big, it's really That's cool. That's incredible. And these, thank you. Yeah, and um, so my friend was saying, wow, Francine, you've worked so hard, you totally, you like congratulations. She was being very sweet. And I said, you know what? It's been a lot of work and like 17 hour day, like, I don't know if you can believe it, but 17 hour days, it's crazy. A lot of like frustration, tears, figuring things out. It's hard work being an entrepreneur. I think anybody will tell you that. Um, and there are days that you just like, you're literally like, um, are we going to have to close? Like, I think we might have to close. Like, what do we do about this loan that we own oh, because we have a lot of money. Are we like, should we start looking up the bankruptcy laws? Like, that's how bad it gets sometimes. Like, and then sometimes you're like, Yay, we're the top 10 in Miami, and like the classes are full. It really is like a roller coaster ride. And so I told my friend, I was like, you know what? All of this roller coaster and all this craziness, I truly don't mind doing it, which sounds psychotic because really stressing out about going. Going bankrupt, like who wants to do that? But if you're really doing something that you love and something um, for which which purpose you really believe in, I truly believe that Pilates can change people's lives. I know it sounds so dumb, but it it changed mine. Mentally, it completely changed my life. It can like the mindfulness practice and the connection between my mind and my body translated into my everyday life. I began to trust myself more because of my Pilates practice. Cause in Pilates, you learn to get to know your body, you become very aware of your body. And then you start really like tapping into little different muscles in your body and you're able to isolate different muscles in your body. And all of that knowledge, all of that awareness translates into your everyday life. So Pilates made me more confident. It made me trust myself more. So I really believe that Pilates can help people not only physically, with back pain, strong, it can give you a stronger core, can stretch your body out, but mentally it can help you, which can help you in all of your facets of your life. It can help you with the job, it can help you with your family, with your relationships. I truly believe in it. So all the hard work that goes behind, you know, that's behind the doors that people don't see, the, the cleaning of the studio, the vacuuming at 11 o'clock at night, like the waking up at 6.20 in the morning to be there to see your client at seven and do three classes after that, and then go to the computer, add all the, do all the email stuff, which I hate the email stuff, but I have to do it. All of that is worth it because I truly believe that it can make people's lives better.
1: Wow. You have to have the heart so you have the energy because if not, Oh my goodness. You would, I feel like a lot of people, you know, give up because they don't actually love what they're doing and that's fine. Cause then you just get redirected somewhere else. But I think like having that purpose is what drives you because it gives you that like, okay, but there's something on the other side. There's something that I'm working for. There's something that's going to help someone else. There's something that like is bigger than all of these small tasks or small and big tasks that I have to do as an entrepreneur. I know this because I I'm your friend, but can you talk a little bit about, um, what we've talked about, how you've had to kind of transition your studio with COVID because you had bought the studio pretty, pretty early on before COVID and then COVID hit, right. And you had to change everything and kind of figure out how to make it work. Cause you guys got closed by the Miami-Dade County. So how
0: was that? That was really gnarly. That was crazy. That was like, not very fun. <laughs> we officially bought the studio, like, signed the lease end of September, early October, um, the year, like, right before, like, the months right before we had to close. Literally, we, we finally got our staff together and had our grand opening the week before we had to close the studio down, and so at the moment where we finally felt like, oh, good, we have our staff, and, like, we're good, we're gonna start, like, Nope. The next week we had to close. And then, um, we had to pivot our business model because at that point, the studio was our main, main source of income. And like, imagine like your main source of income and all of a sudden, like, you're not able to operate that. So, um, we had to pivot quickly. Thankfully we did like the first three nights of quarantine. We were like, I didn't sleep period. I didn't sleep. I was figuring out zoom, which back then nobody really knew what Zoom was, but I had to, like, come up with a new pricing model, like, what would people pay? I had to come up with a new schedule. How many times would people go? I had to come up with marketing, like, convince people that going to classes online would be just as good or better or at least good enough for now, like, which was not the easiest thing. I had to figure out how much I was going to pay my staff. I, I was a teacher for five years before I became a studio owner, so I have a very soft place in my heart for teachers, and I decided, like, I'm not I'm not gonna cut their, pe- you know, I had to cut it a little bit because I wasn't making any income, but, like, there are people that were, like, not paying their teachers and having them teach, like, or paying them very, very, it was a hard, it was a just a very hard time, because, like, you're also dealing with, like, this, like, moral battle of, like, I have to support these people, you know? So then you're figuring out the pricing. Then you have to think about the cleaning lady. She can't come the studio is closed, but the cleaning lady has a daughter with disabilities. Am I going to pay her? Yes. I'm going to continue paying her, but where am I going to get that money from? And so all this stress, um, going on the rent. Now we have to negotiate with the landlord. What's going to happen. There was the, there was no, there was no break. So we were paying the rent, even though we weren't open. All these things during when we had to go into quarantine, I had to figure out, plus um, giving the classes. It was just really crazy. And then when we got, were able to go back into the studio, it was like, okay, calling the county, calling the governor, calling anybody in government that we could, when can we open, we need to open. Because they, didn't ta- they weren't gonna tell us to literally the day before. But you can't tell a business that you're they're allowed to open the day before you tell the entire world that they're open, because now you're going to have all these clients reaching out to you and you don't have any cleaning protocol. You don't have your schedule set. You haven't reached out to your teachers. You don't have. So that was crazy. <laughs> it's like literally insane. So finally, we wow. got news that we were able to open on X day. We got our schedule together. We reached out to our teachers. Now it's like figuring out the protocol with the CDC and what. What um, cleaning products to buy? Oh wait, there's a backlog on cre- cleaning products because okay. everyone's ordering them. I can't open it unless I have my CDC list and cleaning products. like thank God we were on it. like every time we can be on it, like we were on it before before we, we could have been. Thank God. And so we've, we've done really well because of that, but there are some people that weren't even able to order like wipes. Like the most basic thing, my husband was able to order this like cool like fogging machine where we use this EPA list and approved cleaning solution and then nightly we'll go in like literally like ghostbusters, fog the whole studio, everything sanitized so that we could build confidence in our clientele and be like, yo, you can come back. We promise we're clean. We bought gloves, we use hand sanitizer, we do temperature checks, we clean the studio, we Everybody wipes with the approved wipes after class, but then we go behind them and we wipe the machines and spray the machines. We sanitize the straps in the washing machine, hot water. We have two hospital grade air purifiers in the studio. When one's not cleaning the air, the other one is. We vacuum. I mean, we just go above and beyond in terms of cleaning, no shoes in the studio. All this stuff you have to think about as an owner. Um, But I'm so proud of what we do with cleaning. I'm very proud of us, I have to say.
1: I have to say, I'm so proud of you because I'm <laughs> I, i I'm just in awe of you. I mean, I already knew most of this just by, again, like, being like your friend and stuff, but I've seen so much also of how transparent you've been. You show up every single day and you're like, this is what I'm doing tonight. It's 9 p.m., we just had our last class. I'm not going home. I'm staying here and I'm cleaning because we have a class tomorrow at 7 a.m. And I love what I do and I love all of you. So in order for this to continue going for all of us, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to do this. And I think that's so admirable because you, I feel like you never made an excuse. You know, like you were like, yeah, this is what I got to do. This is, this is what I'm going to do. But I think it's amazing that you didn't give up you know, and that you kept pushing through and you kept saying, what's next? What can I do? You didn't let that stop you. And so I just like, I'm so inspired by you. I think you've done a great job. And I'm sure everyone listening to this
0: is going to be like, wow, like, I don't know how you did that, but you've, you thrive. Well, thank you so much. I mean, like, as you say that, I kind of like had tears welling up in my eyes because I didn't realize like people noticed that. I want to cry thinking about just the fact that you noticed all the hard work because for me it's just like like I said the studio is our bread and butter so either I put my blinders on and I go or it's down to chapter seven at the courthouse bankruptcy like that those are my two choices so I choose put on my my blinders what's next what do I gotta do just tell me what I gotta do I'm gonna do it like you know and just go just go 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 mode finally after um almost a year I finally kind of feel like, whoo, okay. I can see the light. I can breathe now. I don't, because in all seriousness, I honestly felt like I was like like, like on a COVID battlefield. Like I looked right, this studio was closing. I lit left, that studio closed. I mean, it was literally like on the battlefield. Like, like, am I next? Like what's going on? Like. Oh my goodness. How
1: crazy. It's, it is a crazy story. You've been through so, so much and I feel like you just have so much insight. I always ask the question, what do you think is your biggest lesson or failure so far in your life?
0: What, what would you say? I think my biggest failure overall or lesson is not trusting myself. I've always kind of been like a little bit of a hustler. Like when I moved to LA, the, the way that I got my talent agency job was just, um, I didn't know anybody. I just, I went to a conference. It's actually kind of funny. When I was in law school, I was on the Sports and Entertainment Society. Like I was their webmaster and I knew that the undergrads were going to LA um, to like put on this conference because I was doing um, music law when I was in Georgia. And so I was like, I'm gonna become part of that undergrad association even though I'm law school because I'm going to go to LA and I'm going to go to this conference because this one guy is speaking at the conference. And I have a question about this management contract that I'm working on here in Atlanta. And so, um, I went to the conference and I got up in front of like all these entertainment professionals, like in LA. And I like pulled up his book and I was like, I'm working on a management contract in, um, in Atlanta, and you say it was for minors, it was for children, and you say in your book, this is what you do for a contract with minors, and I was, like, asking all these, like, kind of, like, really pointed specific questions, and somebody from the audience had heard me asking the question and came up to me and was basically, like, I want you to be part of, like, my um, ladies in business group here in LA and, like, work on our website for us, yeah, and then, like, through that group, I found my job at William Morris, which is where I worked, Um, the talent agency in in Beverly Hills. Um, And so like, I've always kind of like had that like hustler, like I'm just going to do like whatever I need to do. I'll fly to LA. I'll ask the guy who wrote the book. I'll literally like, and it's really, really served me. But, but (laughs) I will say if you have that type of like type A personality, there is a temptation to like push, push, push so hard for like what you think you want. And sometimes when you get really stressed out, you don't listen to the signals of your body and of your stress and you just keep pushing for you want, for what you want because you're super type A and instead of like trusting that little like thing that's bothering you inside you, you just like c- keep pushing to- towards quote unquote success and that has caused me so much stress and frustration and just like bad feelings in my life that my lesson now is really just listen to that little, that little thing of like, when you're stressed out, it's actually your body signal to you that like, you're not in homeostasis and you have to do something to be in homeostasis. Like, your body will talk to you through its signals. If you have like chronic back pain or if you can't move your neck for two, three months, maybe a year, there's probably something that's like psychosomatic. (laughs) Is your body's telling you, review what's going on in your life because you need to change something and something you're doing is not for you. But yeah, like that's my lesson, like trust myself more.
1: I love that. I think it's the most necessary thing in life for you if you're an entrepreneur if you're not an entrepreneur anything you just have to trust yourself for real how what what would you say is your biggest success
0: I think my biggest biggest success has been letting go just like there came a point in time remember like hustler type a push 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 There came a point in time where I just felt like I was literally running into a brick wall, full speed ahead. And every time I ran into that brick wall, I would fall and like, like the little cartoons, the stars would be around my circling around my head. And I would just be like, super exhausted and tired. My biggest success has been just to be able to like, let go and let God. Like, I don't, I'm not trying to get all spiritual, but in a way it's like there, I believe there's a higher power, whether you want to call it the universe, God, whatever you want to call it. And I feel like sometimes we just try to have control of everything in our lives. When, if we just let go, everything will fall into place. Um, the minute I decided to let go, I was I have offered the job here. Like I met my husband, like all these things started falling together that I didn't even try. I didn't even try for any of that to happen. That was the point in time where I was just like, I literally told God, I was like, I don't care what you want me to do. I don't care if nobody hears from me again in my entire life. Nobody knows my name. If I'm just like teaching Pilates, you know, in a studio and I just have my clients that love me and I love them. And like, literally like everyone hates me. I don't even care. Just like, I'll just do whatever you want me to do. I literally just want to be happy and I just want to have peace. Like I don't care about success. I don't care about money. I, that's like completely opposite from what I was when I graduated from law school. But when I finally let go and I said that, like all of a sudden, it was almost like God was like, oh, finally, finally you gave in. And like, okay, so here's this, here's this, here's this, here's this. That's so beautiful. I think
1: it is very true when you let go, when you let go of that control, you kind of like just open up so much opportunity. I feel like I'm also type A and I have definitely felt that sometimes where like how the amount of times I want to control actually makes it harder for me to achieve what I want instead of just letting go and seeing if it's meant for me one and two just like letting it come to me the way that it's supposed to come to me not the way that I think it's supposed to come to me and I think that's a huge lesson to learn and a huge win like you said it's your success I loved this episode It was such a beautiful episode. I think so many people are going to learn from you. And even though like I know you said like I usually have 20-something-year-olds here, I feel like your story is so inspirational for 20-something-year-olds, even if you're not yourself a 20-something-year-old. I think your story is so powerful and people are going to see that you can do whatever you set your mind to, that you can overcome any obstacle that you have to look at life with positivity and just keep going and put one foot in front of the other and don't let anything stop you not even COVID just continue I I feel super inspired and I think you have so much to teach people and so I can say from a student of yours that that totally transcends in your practice and in your teaching style so thank you
0: Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, We just, we actually just had a client yesterday tell us she's a Pilates teacher herself. She's been doing Pilates for 17 years. And she said, I have not found a studio that I love in 17 years. And she's like, what, I don't know, like what it is like about your method, but she was like, there's something about this studio and these classes that I'm like, Mesmer- she said mesmerized by it and I really do think it's because we we teach with a lot of love and a lot of care so thank you for saying that
1: yeah of course and and to just say something that just really quickly that you just pointed out and I think is really important to say how many Pilates teachers are there in the world but just the fact that it's you doing it like you're unique and you do it in a way that like no one else does it you know Like that teacher has been, you said, doing this for 17 years, but your method was the one that she was like, this is special, you know? So I feel like a lot of people hold back from doing something just because someone else has done it a million times or there are so many other people doing it and they just don't give it a chance. But everyone has a different way of expressing themselves. Everyone has a different way of doing things. So
0: I think you should go for it totally and everybody has a like you said everybody has a different story and so the way that you you live your life and you do your thing whatever your thing is you're doing it through the lens of your story and if your story has like if your story carries enough like trust in yourself love passion and purpose there's no way that other person's not going to feel it like not to brag on you but your music like, I am not kidding. Oh. On repeat, echoes. My husband laughs, laughs at me because I'm like, echoes. <laughs> I'm like literally singing your song. <laughs> oh my goodness. And like you, like you do it with so much passion, so much purpose, so much love. And, and so that connects to people, you know, it's, it's anything. It's not just Pilates. It's any, any job, any practice. If you do it with enough, like it's, it's your thing. Like, I feel like you're in flow when you're doing that, probably. Hi, thank you so much. Those those
1: words were very, very nice. And I definitely needed to hear that. So thank you. Very good. We love it. Your story is beautiful. And I can't wait for people, for people to hear it.
0: Thank you. thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I love all the podcasts. I've listened to all of them. Everyone's amazing.
1: Oh, thank you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Just editing this episode right now, I am just so inspired and in awe at the fact that Francine was able to just go through all those changes in her life personally and then also in her small business that she had to kind of figure out what to do through COVID. Here are a few takeaways from Francine's episode. Number one, you don't have to know everything and if you don't get what you want, it might actually be a good thing. Number two, if you feel something pulling at your heartstrings, follow that. Number three, no matter what you do, if you're good at it, you're going to keep excelling. Number four, just because you switch jobs doesn't mean you're not going to go back and use the skills you have. Number five, keep going through the frustration, the tears, and hard work. Just keep going. Number six, if you love it, you won't mind doing all the work. Number seven, listen to your body's signals. Number eight, Let go of control and see how everything falls into place. And number nine, it doesn't matter how many people are doing what you want to do. Your story, your method, and your thing is yours. Thank you so much for being here, guys. As always, I'm so happy to be here and have this community. I'm so happy you guys are liking the episodes. If you have any feedback or if you feel that someone could benefit from this episode or this show, send it to them or tag us on Instagram at Drea Lopez without the Ian Lopez or at the journey of pursuit. I look at all my DMs and answer every single comment. So if you guys have any insight, please send it my way. And if you didn't already know, I started something called a virtual letter. Essentially, it's like a newsletter slash journal, but I don't really like calling it a newsletter because it's mostly just like little letters I'm going to be sending you guys to keep you updated on anything I'm thinking or I figure out or songwriting tips, business tips, new podcast episodes, anything that I'm working on to keep you updated. Sign up through my website through the links in the show notes or send me a DM. Thank you so much, guys. I'll see you here next week. Ciao!